The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. From the Bloomberg Interactive Workers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, March 18th, 2022. Coming up this hour. President Biden speaks with China's Xi Jinping in an effort to help end the war in Ukraine. Pentagon warns that Russia may threaten to use nuclear weapons if its invasion of Ukraine is stalled. Investors brace for more volatility as the trading week comes to a close. And Moderna requests FDA approval for a fourth COVID shot. Former New York Governor Cuomo says he's open to running for his old job. Plus, Sarah Palin is appealing her loss in the defamation suit against the New York Times. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashdower in sports. Islanders stopped the Rangers at the Garden and St. Peter's stunned Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we are coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street. Futures are lower this morning, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are down 25 points, Dow futures down 167, and NASDAQ futures down 82. The 10-year Treasury up 5.30 seconds, yield 2.15%. The yield on the two-year, 1.90%. NYMEX crude oil up 1.2%, up $1.29 at $104.27 a barrel. COMEX gold is down down a half percent or ten dollars twenty cents at nineteen thirty eight an ounce and the euro one point one zero five eight against the dollar. Nathan. All right, Karen, we'll have more on the markets in a minute, but this could be a pivotal day in Russia's war with Ukraine. In just a few hours, President Biden holds his first call in months with one of Vladimir Putin's closest allies, Chinese President Xi Jinping. It comes as Russia's forces appear bogged down outside Ukraine's capital city, Kiev. We get more from Bloomberg's Amy Morris in our ninety nine one newsroom in Washington. While the U.K. Ministry of Defense believes Russia's invasion has stalled on all fronts, that has not stopped the intense battles and shelling around schools, hospitals, and residential areas, leading U.S. officials to believe war crimes have been committed. Now, President Biden meets today with China President Xi Jinping. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says Biden will issue a warning to Beijing that helping Russia will have consequences. We believe China in particular has a responsibility to use its influence with President Putin and to defend the international rules and principles that it professes to support. Instead, it appears that China is moving in the opposite direction. This as the Pentagon warns Russia may threaten to use nuclear weapons if their invasion of Ukraine is stalled. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Right, Amy, thank you. Well, as stiff defense from Ukraine and economic sanctions raise speculation of nuclear threats from Russia, former Secretary of Defense and CIA Director Leon Panetta says diplomatic talks won't be enough to deter Putin. Panetta said the U.S. should continue to arm Ukraine as Putin doubles down. This is a power game. Putin understands power. Uh, He really doesn't understand diplomacy very much. He understands power. And the only way to convince Putin that this is not going anywhere and that he should take some kind of off-ramp is to continue to beat him on the battlefield. 
Former Defense Secretary Leon Panetta made the comments on Bloomberg's balance of power with David Weston. Catch the program weekdays at noon Wall Street time on both Bloomberg Radio and television. Well, the cost of insuring Russian debt against default has dropped this morning, Karen. Bloomberg News has learned that funds earmarked for interest payments on the Russian government's dollar notes were sent to the payment agent. Sources say J.P. Morgan Chase processed the funds and sent the money on to Citigroup. And that is spurring optimism the bonds may be settled in dollars. Well, Nathan, if the war and a Fed rate hike were not enough for investors to handle, there could be more volatility than usual today. And we get the latest live with Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. Karen, is the quarterly event known as triple witching. Single stock and index level options are set to expire today. At the same time, more near the money options are maturing than at any time since 2019. If that's not enough, there's a rebalancing of benchmark indexes, a combination that tends to spark single-day volumes that rank among the highest of the year. Lori Calvacina, head of U.S. equity strategy at RBC Capital Markets, says the wild swings won't end here. I think that volatility is likely to stay elevated for quite some time. We like balanced portfolios between growth and value. We do think that growth stocks are ultimately going to recover, but we think that's going to be because markets are going to continue to price in nervousness and want high-quality exposure. That's Lori Calvacina at RBC. The rebalance of the index alone could lead to $33 billion of stock trades in today's session. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thanks. This is also another day of volatility in nickel trading in London. Let's go there live and get the latest from Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Yet another glitchy open for the nickel market today. As the price continues its retreat from an unprecedented short squeeze last week, nickel dropped by the maximum allowed for a third straight day. Nickel tumbling 12% to the daily limit, a limit which has only just been increased from 8% in the previous session. A frustrating Friday after a frustrating week for the London Metal Exchange. They'll be very pleased that tomorrow is Saturday. Live in London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thank you. Well, back here in the U.S. in corporate news, General Electric has slashed CEO Larry Culp's pay package by $10 million a year. It's a surprise move in response to last year's rebuke by shareholders. Culp's total target compensation went from about $21 million to $11 million. All right, let's take a look at some stocks moving in early trading. Karen, shares of FedEx are down about 4% this morning. The delivery company uh, posted quarterly profit below analyst estimates, rising costs related to a U.S. labor shortage and lower-than-expected package volume dragged on gains from pricing increases. Shares of GameStop are down now more than 7%. That company reported a surprise loss during the holiday quarter. Well, turning to the pandemic now, Nathan, Moderna is asking for U.S. government approval for a fourth COVID shot for adults. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. This would cover significantly more people than Pfizer's earlier request for emergency authorization for a fourth shot, which was for those over 65 years old. And right now, there's a heated debate over how long vaccines protect from infection and whether repeated shots are necessary to prevent severe disease and death. Meantime, Dr. Anthony Fauci says the U.S. could see COVID-19 cases rise again and vulnerable people would likely need a fourth dose. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Hi, Renita. Thanks. Right now, S&P futures are down 22 points. Dow futures down 156 and Nasdaq futures. They're lower by 71 points. The 10-year Treasury right now is up. 6.30 seconds, the yield 2.14%. Straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 
That brings us to 607 on Wall Street, 51 degrees in Central Park. Pretty bad accident on North Bend FDR Drive at 79th Street. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says that state agencies and public authorities will stop doing business with companies that have continued to do business with Russia. Hochul previously signed an executive order banning state agencies from doing business with Russian companies. Hochul spoke in Yonkers. We're now going to prohibit any state agencies and authorities from contracting with any entities that are still doing business in Russia. Governor Hochul also said New York will also send 100,000 pounds of medical supplies, including masks and gowns, to Ukraine. Andrew Cuomo says he's open to running for New York governor again and would consider creating his own political party to do so. Cuomo, a Democrat who resigned in August amid a sexual harassment scandal, delivered his second public address in as many weeks, this time to a group of clergy in the Bronx. New details are emerging about the driver of a pickup truck that slammed into a college golf team van in West Texas, killing nine people. According to the NTSB, it was the failure of the left front tire of the pickup. NTSB Vice Chair Bruce Landsberg says, as for the driver of the pickup, A 13-year-old child was behind the wheel of the pickup truck. The NTSB's Bruce Landsberg says the spared tire failed on the pickup at 75 miles an hour. That resulted in the truck veering into the golf team bus. At least five people died and several were injured in chain reaction crashes involving dozens of vehicles on an interstate in southeast Missouri. Police say thick fog led to the crash about 150 miles south of St. Louis. Forecasters say the multi-year mega drought that's drained western U.S. reservoirs and parched croplands across California show no signs of easing. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration says the region faces another spring and summer of dwindling water resources and rising temperatures. Sarah Palin is appealing her loss in the defamation suit she filed against the New York Times. Palin says she was denied a fair trial. The former Alaska governor sued over an opinion piece that linked her to a deadly shooting. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stanshower. Thanks, Nathan. They're celebrating in Jersey City. A couple of months ago, St. Peter's record was 3-6. and six. Losses to LIU and Stony Brook. Lost to St. John's by 21. And yet the Peacocks able to win their conference tourney. Gain entry to the NCAA tournament where they pulled off a huge first-round stunner. Beating mighty Kentucky 85-79 in overtime. Only the 10th time ever a 15 seed has beaten a 2. Daryl Banks scored 27 points. It was an amazing feeling. You know, uh, playing basketball, you grow up watching college basketball and college basketball in the March Madness tournament. So just letting that sink in, knowing that the game is over and we got it, it just felt really good. First NCAA win in school history, only the third ever for the Metro Atlantic Conference. Biggest upset of the day, not the only one. 12th seeded New Mexico State knocked off UConn and Richmond upset Iowa. Since seeding began in 1979, Richmond has won nine times as a 12th seed or lower. No other school has done it more than four times. At the Garden, Islanders on a Kyle Palmieri goal beat the Rangers 2-1. The Ranger goal, the 40th of the year for Chris Kreider. 21 of those have been on the power play. Giants have released veteran safety Logan Ryan. Big NFL trade that made last night. Green Bay sent star wide receiver Devontae Adams to Las Vegas for first and second round draft picks. And Adams has agreed to a new five-year contract with the Raiders. Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield has requested a trade. Upset that Cleveland showed interest. 
in acquiring Deshaun Watson, who is expected to be dealt by Houston, but to either Atlanta or New Orleans. Knicks and Nets have home games tonight, and the Yankees play this afternoon. They take on the Pirates in Bradenton. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. S&P futures now down 21 points. Dow futures down 144. NASDAQ futures are lower by 73 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 6.30 seconds. The yield 2.14%. Two-year yield 1.90. NYMEX screwed up 1.2%, up $1.22 at $104.20 a barrel. Awaiting the call between Presidents Biden and Xi on the war in Ukraine, we'll check in again with Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo for the European perspective out of Brussels. And Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures lower this morning along with European shares as traders weigh mixed signals from the peace talks between Russia and Ukraine and brace for volatility from expiring options. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures down 28 points. Dow futures down 186. NASDAQ futures down 94. The DAX in Germany is down 1%. Ten-year Treasury up 630 seconds. Yield 2.14%. Yield on the two-year, 1.89%. NYMEX crude oil is up 1.6%, up $1.60 at $104.57 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 4 tenths percent, or $8.60 at 1939.60 an ounce. The euro, 1.1056 against the dollar. And Bitcoin is at $40,585. As a Bloomberg Business Flash, now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. World leaders called for an investigation of Russia's repeat attacks on civilian targets in Ukraine. Meanwhile, rescue workers search for survivors in the ruins of a theater that was serving as a shelter in Mariupol. Today, President Biden will meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Top seeds Gonzaga, Baylor, and Kansas have advanced to the second round of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. On a day, a number two seed was dispatched. 15th seeded St. Peter's Peacock, see us now, beat Kentucky 85-79 in overtime. In the NHL, the Islanders beat the Rangers 2-1, the Capitals won. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Okay, Michael. Thanks. It's 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And Maria Tadeo, Bloomberg correspondent, is back with us from Brussels this morning as we await this call in just a few hours between uh, Presidents Biden and Xi of China. Obviously, Maria, the uh, U.S. president, is trying to pressure China to use its influence on Russia as this grinding war with Ukraine continues. From the European perspective, how important is this call scene? Well, it is very important because at this point, of course, China is one of the big geopolitical agents uh, in the world. And we've talked about for years now about this new axis, uh, the Dragon Bear. This is Russia and, and China foreign policy uh, coming together to potentially uh, pose a, a threat and be a rival to the Western almost rules-based values uh, democracies. And when you look at Ukraine, at this point, this is exacerbated by the conflict. So uh, to me, it's very clear that 
both uh, the United States but also the European Union want to know what's China's position in this. Uh, are they going to be helping Russia in, in any way? And, of course, I, I mean financially, but potentially even with uh, military weapons and, and gear. And then three – if they get an indication that that is going to be the case, well, I would argue we're probably entering into a new phase of sanctions between the two sides, meaning the United States has made it clear if there is an indication that anyone or any country tries to bypass uh, Western sanctions on Russia, they would also pay a penalty. When you speak to the Europeans, they say the same thing. If you try to do something that derails everything that we've put in place to end this war machine by Vladimir Putin or, or help him get a, a lifeline to continue his invasion, then you're going to have to pay a price too. Even as the war has been going on, there have been nearly daily discussions, negotiations between Ukrainian and Russian diplomats. Is this call between uh, President Biden and President Xi seen as having any influence on the discussions going on uh, at the diplomatic level between Russia and Ukraine? No, I think we have to look at them as, as separate things and, and different units here. One, of course, is uh, the the conversations between Russia and Ukraine. This is very much about the future, and, and it's about the peace deal, and it's potentially a diplomatic way forward. Now, if you ask me today, is there a diplomatic way forward between Russia and Ukraine, I really struggle to see one. When I speak to Ukrainians, uh, they almost present this as an existential question for them. They, they really struggle to see how after 23 days of heavy bombing and shelling, they can go back to anything that looks like a normal relationship with Russia, and, and they really struggle to see how they can coexist with Vladimir Putin still in power. When you look at China, what they fear is that at a time in which Ukraine continues to defend its territory and its major cities, and remember, the Russians have not been able to capture any of the big goals. This is day 23 of the war. It's costing a lot of money for the Russian Federation, but they haven't been able to get to the military goals that they wanted. We see big fights in Kiev, the capital. We see big fights in Mariupol. This is in the south. It connects Crimea to the Donbass. But Russia has not made this quick easy, great, glory invasion that they promised. Remember, they said three, four days we can get this done. Now it's turning into almost a month-long invasion. So what the Ukrainians worry is that at a time in which they feel they can inflict damage on the Russians, that China is going to come in to help them with financial means and military means and, fi- and military weapons. And that's when it could get complicated for Ukrainians. So, of course, they have a big interest in that not happening. We've gotten reports as well that uh, Russian President Putin has been speaking today with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. Can you get us up to speed on what we know about those conversations? Look, what we know is that Vladimir Putin has said uh, the talks are stalled now and they're not moving ahead quickly because the Ukrainians are delaying the whole thing. Uh, they need to get real. They need a reality check and know that some of the conditions that they put on the table are simply not acceptable. If they don't do that, we're not going to move forward. But you also have to see this from the Ukrainian psyche and their mentality. And what they argue is we don't trust Russia and we don't trust Vladimir Putin. And if you look at everything that Russia has said until now, it's been proven false. They said there would be no invasion. There was an invasion. They say Belarus is not helping Russia in this war. They clearly are. So we're not going to get serious about any future deal until and as long there's no ceasefire. So for them, this ceasefire is a precondition between the real talks begin. So again, going back to the earlier point, it's very difficult to see what a diplomatic way forward looks like 
if the war doesn't end on the military front uh, first. And that's why, of course, you're seeing that the two sides are not looking or speaking eye to eye. The other thing, just very briefly, I would note is that to mm-hmm. me, this looks like we're at a stage in which both sides are trying to almost build up leverage for the real talks to begin. Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo, as always, thanks for the perspective. Maria Tadeo with us this morning from Brussels as we await that call uh, in just a few hours. It's set for 9 a.m. Wall Street time between uh, President Biden of the U.S. and Chinese President Xi Jinping looking for more clarity on China's position when it comes to this ongoing war in Ukraine now into day 23. Right now, S&P futures down 27 points. Dow futures down 186. NASDAQ futures are lower by 87 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 630 seconds right now. The yield 2.14% on the benchmark 10-year U.S. Treasury. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, clouds, patchy fog will give way to sunshine and a high near 70 today. Periods of rain to start the weekend, Saturday highs in the low 60s, upper 50s, partly sunny by Sunday. Right now, 51 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. It's time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Simple IBKR Global Trader App. Deposit in your local currency and trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at IBKR.com slash Global Trader. Up first, Russia's invasion continues as missiles struck western Ukraine in regions close to the border of Poland. According to new Pentagon intelligence, Russian President Vladimir Putin may soon levy nuclear threats against the West. Well, back in Washington, Karen, President Biden is scheduled to speak with China's President Xi Jinping about the war. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the latest. The White House is saying it gives President Biden the chance to really assess where President Xi stands and to step up pressure for him to cooperate. Spokeswoman Jen Psaki saying it will give Xi a chance to denounce the Russian invasion. This flies in the face, of course, of everything China stands for, including uh, the basic principles of the U.N. Charter, including the basic principles of respect for sovereignty of nations. And sources to Bloomberg say the White House is concerned that China's muted response may be a sign that it may be moving closer to supporting Moscow. It says this meeting will tell that story. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Well, on Wall Street, financial markets expect fireworks today. And Bloomberg's John Tucker joins us live to explain. John. Karen, $3.5 trillion of single stock and index-level options are set to expire today. At the same time, more near-the-money options are maturing than at any time since 2019. It's Triple Witching Friday, and this coincides with a rebalancing of benchmark indexes. Now, this is a combination that tends to spark single-day volumes that rank among the highest of the year. Now, watch today if investors rebuild their holdings of protective puts or chase the market rebound with call contracts. It all lands up to a lot of volatility. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. Well, ahead of all that, John, futures are falling, and oil is back above $100 a barrel. Right now, West Texas Intermediate crude is trading at $104.36. 
Well, turning to the pandemic now, Nathan, Moderna is asking for U.S. government approval for a fourth COVID shot for adults. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Moderna's request would cover significantly more people than Pfizer's request for emergency authorization for a fourth shot. It was for those over 65 years old. And right now there's a debate over how long vaccines protect from infection and whether the repeated shots are necessary to prevent severe disease and death. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, we need it. Thank you. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And right now it's 633 on Wall Street, 51 degrees in Central Park. Things improving after an earlier accident on the northbound FDR Drive. We'll get the latest in traffic shortly. First, Michael Barr. What else is going on in New York and around the world this morning? Thank you very much, Nathan. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says that state agencies and public authorities will cease business with companies that have continued to do business with Russia. The Democratic governor previously signed an executive order banning state agencies from doing business with Russian companies. So this is not just directly with Russian companies. It is with companies, American companies, that are continuing to do business in Russia in light of what's happening. So that is the message that we're delivering to our state agencies. Governor Hochul speaking in Yonkers also says New York will send 100,000 pounds of medical supplies, including masks and gowns, to Ukraine. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is dangling the possibility he may run for his former job just six months after he resigned amid sexual harassment allegations. Cuomo gave a campaign-style speech to a friendly audience of about 100 people in the Bronx. Asked afterwards if he would run for office, Cuomo told reporters he is open to all options. Former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin is appealing her loss in the defamation suit she filed against the New York Times. She sued the Times and former opinion page editor James Bennett in 2017 over a piece mistakenly linking her to a deadly shooting. Palin claimed the errors were driven by bias against her. Investigators are learning more about Tuesday night's deadly collision of a pickup truck and a van carrying New Mexico college students and a golf coach. The NTSB says the driver of the pickup truck was only 13 years old. He was behind the wheel driving down the two-lane road. NTSB Vice Chair Bruce Landsberg. The left front tire, which was a spare tire, had failed, which resulted in the vehicle pulling hard to the left and crossing into the uh, opposing lane. The pickup went head-on into the van carrying the golf team, killing seven inside, both people in the pickup, were also killed. A pileup on a Missouri interstate left at least five people dead. The crashes involved at least 20 tractor trailers and numerous smaller vehicles in Interstate 57 in southeast Missouri. The fog-shrouded 13-mile stretch was closed for hours. If you find yourself napping more often, a new study suggests it may be a troubling sign. While napping is a normal part of getting older, the study found it may also signal an elevated risk for Alzheimer's disease. The study is in Alzheimer's and Dementia, the Journal of Alzheimer's Association. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Yes, i got to rethink every day. Mm. Thank you, Michael. <laughs>
Just about 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer is here at the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. Truly a David versus Goliath type upset. And in Indiana, that's where the movie Hoosiers took place. You had Kentucky, state school, 32,000 students, winners of eight NCAA tournaments. You had St. Peter's, a tiny Jesuit school in Jersey City. had never won an NCAA game. And yet the Peacocks right there with the Wildcats all night. And they won it in overtime, 85-79. The coach, the Peacock, Shaheen Holloway. Oh, everything that made it to the NCAA tournament deserved to be here. Every team that made it to the NCAA tournament think that they could advance. You know, it's like you just have to be good on this night. It's not about your record. It's not about what school you at. It's who's ever good on that night. And tonight, you know, it was our night. Holloway makes about $250,000, and he just beat John Calipari, who makes $8 million. In fact, Calipari has four assistants that make more money than Holloway. Tenth time of 15 seeds beating a two. One of three overtime games just last night. Murray State got by San Francisco. Creighton trailed for about 50, uh, 40 minutes and rallied past San Diego State. Twelfth seeded New Mexico State upset UConn. Twelfth seeded Richmond upset Iowa. Even Gonzaga, the attorney's top overall seed, had a struggle. Led Georgia State by only four with 10 minutes left. Gonzaga then went on a 24-1 run. The last of the first-round games is late tonight in San Diego. Seton Hall against TCU. At the Garden, Islanders tapped the Rangers 2-1 on a Kyle Palmieri goal. Chris Kreider scored the Ranger goal his 40th. Only one NHL player has more. Aaron Rodgers decided to keep playing in Green Bay, but he won't have his best weapon to throw to. The Packers have traded star wideout Devontae Adams to Las Vegas for first and second round draft picks. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Thanks, John. It's 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market on this triple witching Friday. We're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent. Kriti Gupta. Kriti, good morning. What's got your eye? Well, good morning, Nathan. We are going to see triple witching, so you are going to see some volatility. Perhaps no clear direction in the market today, just given uh, all the moves, especially ahead of the weekend. But there are some earnings stories that are coming out and that are already moving the market uh, before the stock market actually opens. And let's start off here with some of those economically sensitive stocks, especially the ones that tend to indicate what the broader economy is doing. And by that, I mean FedEx, of course. Remember when UPS and FedEx were supposed to be these big kind of indicators of what the economy was doing? Well, this time might not, might not be so great. FDX is your ticker. It's dropping 2% after reporting results that weren't so great. Morgan Stanley saying that the magnitude of the misses in the U.S. companies express and ground units may be, quote, jarring for investors. And that's very much a macro story, too, uh, Nathan. Speaking of macro, we should talk about commodities because there's really no shortage of that talk recently, is there? No, not at all. But we never talk about U.S. steel, do we? Uh, the ticker is just the letter X minus uh, it's down 2.2%, excuse me. It's slumping, once again, on a weaker forecast. But Citigroup, actually a little more optimistic. They're saying the U.S. sits in the middle of massive steel inflation spreading out of Europe, and those steel prices, well, they might fall in China, but Europe is more relevant in our view. So we do see perhaps some of the forecasts coming down from U.S. Steel, but they're saying keep an eye on Europe. That's really where you might see some of that pickup show up. On top of the macro, on top of all the uh, gyrations around the war in Ukraine, there may be a little bit of movement around COVID as well, because we're following this news of Moderna uh, looking for approval for a uh, fourth shot. Is that affecting the stock any? It absolutely is. Up 1.4% in Moderna shares. MRNA is your ticker. And to your point, they're requesting FDA clearance to base for that fourth COVID shot for adults. And remember, if they get this, this will actually help them get more market share over Pfizer's candidate as well. And that's a really big deal uh, when it comes to just kind of the ongoing momentum for some of these companies that have really exploded during COVID. I'm going to end here with a meme stock. I had to do it. Game. Oh. 
stop. GME is your ticker, reporting quarterly losses that were wider than expected. Baird, though, saying that the video game retailers' margins were, quote, significantly below expectations, taking a bit of a hit this morning. GME is your ticker, down 8%, Nathan. Not really acting like a meme stock, but there you go. When you bring back fundamentals, (laughs) there it is. Bloomberg Radio TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. As always, thanks for the pre-market update. And as we take a look at stocks as a whole, ahead of the open on triple witching Friday, they're moving lower. S&P futures down 27 points. Dow futures down 176. And NASDAQ futures are on the decline by 86 points. The 10-year Treasury right now is up 830 seconds. The yield 2.14%. Well, let's talk about commodities again. NYMEX crewed up 1.1% at $104.09 a barrel. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Some clouds, some patchy fog, but they'll give way to sunshine today in a high near 70 degrees. It'll be rainy tomorrow, though. Low 60s. Turning partly sunny again. Upper 50s, though, for Sunday. Right now, 51 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are in the red right now. Dow futures down 192 points. S&P's dropped 30. NASDAQ futures are lower by 100. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.14%. Gold is down 8. Oil is climbing, but Bitcoin is trading little changed. Shanghai rose 1.1% overnight while European markets are in the red this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, existing home sales. After the Bellis night, FedEx EPS missed estimates. GameStop reported is down 8% pre-market and U.S. Steel cut its guidance. In other news, Russia's credit rating was again cut by S&P and Moderna asked the FDA to clear a second booster shot for all adults. Wrapping things up, TransUnion was cut to neutral over at Goldman Sachs. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael? Karen, thank you very much. Russian forces are pressing their assault on Ukrainian cities, striking on the outskirts of the capital, Kiev, and the western city of Lviv. Rescue workers are still searching for survivors in the ruins of a theater that was serving as a shelter in the besieged southern city of Mariupol. President Joe Biden will talk on the phone with Chinese President Xi Jinping today. Biden hopes Beijing will ratchet up pressure on Moscow to end its war in Ukraine. In the NCAA men's basketball tournament, St. Peter's is proud as a peacock. The Jersey City team ranked 15th, beat number two seed Kentucky 85-79 in overtime. Top seeds Gonzaga, Baylor, and Kansas advanced to the second round. In the NHL, the Islanders beat the Rangers 2-1, the Capitals 1. Global news, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Karen. 
All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked in the top 2% nationally for alumni mid-career earnings and number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. More at njit.edu. And here's what's making news now in science, technology, engineering, and math. The war in Ukraine is having an impact on the space program. Europe is going to have to wait at least several more years and may need NASA's help before it first planned Mars rover can drill into the planet's dusty surface, seeking signs of whether it ever hosted life. The European Space Agency says it will no longer attempt to send the ExoMars rover aloft this year on a Russian rocket and may now have to strip out the mission's many Russian counter uh, components. Rather, Scientists are getting their first peek at the genes of nearly 100,000 Americans in what's considered a uniquely diverse genomic database part of a quest to reduce health disparities and end cookie-cutter care. The National Institutes of Health released the data to help researchers start unraveling how people's genes, environments, and lifestyles interact to drive their health. And half the study's participants are from racial and ethnic groups historically left out of medical research. The Great Barrier Reef's government agency says hotter-than-average temperatures are causing increased coral bleaching, which occurs when corals enter a distressed state and lose their algae, increasing chances of disease or death. The agency's chief scientist says bleaching is becoming more common at the reef, and this incident risks being a mass bleaching event. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it's coming up to 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden to speak with China's Xi Jinping on the war in Ukraine, the Pentagon warning Putin could make nuclear threats that the war drags on, and the House voting to end Russia's normal trade status. Let's bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. When we're just about two hours away from the scheduled start of this call between Presidents Biden and Xi. Emily, how pivotal uh, does the White House think this call will be when it comes to at least exerting some kind of pressure on Russia to end the war? I mean, this is certainly going to be a, a huge call today. Uh, there's a lot of question about where China actually stands in regard to the Kremlin. Their message has been very, very careful here, Nathan. They have talked about wanting to, you know, that they won't attack Ukraine, that they want peace in the region. But at the same point, they really have not come out and criticized Russia for anything they did. And we're now seeing reporting on the terminal uh, saying that U.S. officials are now saying that Beijing might be hardening their stance, that they're moving toward the Kremlin. And so this is coming at a very pivotal point for the U.S. to sort of step in and let uh, President Xi know that should they go ahead and either help Moscow with either military aid or sanctions relief, that there will be additional sanctions for China. Well, if there is this uh, consensus building in the White House that China's position may be hardening here, Emily, what are the expectations going in on whether the president will have any influence on China's President Xi when it comes to Russia? I mean, certainly this call wouldn't be happening if officials weren't had didn't have some degree of confidence that that Biden could potentially make a difference at this point. Uh, one thing we're really keeping an eye out here is for what uh, sanctions might be threatened. The White House really hasn't gone into detail on that at that point. Uh, but we know that that it is a concern. We heard Secretary of State Anthony Blinken say that they think that China could be uh, considering uh, directly assisting Russia with military assistance to use in Ukraine. Uh, uh, and so I think today is both going to be an attempt by the Biden administration to really kind of 
warn China about what the fallout will be should they decide to help the Kremlin. While we wait to hear potentially any clarity from China on its position uh, when it comes to Russia's war, we're getting a pretty dire assessment from the Pentagon when it comes to Russia's intentions if this war continues to drag on. Yeah, it's a pretty bleak new assessment, 67 pages. Um, and, and the main takeaway from it is, is that Russia, the outlook is pretty grim right now. Uh, they're not having the resources that they need uh, for some of these missiles that they're producing. Their ground invasion is stalled. And it says that Putin, in this, in the light of all these uh, setbacks for Russia, could turn to nuclear weapons and threatening nuclear weapons. Obviously, this is sort of one of the big concerns. We're talking to members of Congress this week. They said, you know, we have to start thinking about what our red lines are. When would we potentially get involved in terms of our military? And they mentioned nuclear uh, use of nukes as something where they might wind up getting in. And so it's sort of interesting to see at this point the pressure that's clearly on Putin. The sanctions seem to be working. The resistance from the Ukrainian people seem to be wearing Russia down. Um, And it's just a question then of what is Russia's next move. Uh, I wonder what, if anything, this report's assessment says about what the the Pentagon thinks that uh, Putin's ultimate goals are in this war. If he's uh, if the idea is that he could eventually threaten to use nuclear weapons, how much farther could this war progress? I mean, it seems like what Putin's goal is here, at least according to the report, is to really sort of get some of Russia's power back from the pre-Cold War era, that that seems to be his focus, what he is, is focused on here. I mean, I think there's a question of, of what his own calculation is, because clearly right now the world is against Russia. You are seeing all of these sanctions from numerous countries, uh, including the more uh, recent sanctions that passed the House yesterday uh, that would sort of end permanent normal trade relations with Russia. And so at this point, if Putin's goal is to sort of build up Russia to to its former glory, uh, he's managed instead to really turn the world against it and and really, really hurt uh, Russia's economy. Only about 30 seconds left here, Emily. You mentioned the House passing those new sanctions, the normal trade status being revoked. That's going on to the Senate now. What are the prospects uh, for this legislation there? So it seems like it's pretty good. It passed the House with really wide bipartisan support. Only a few members voted against it. Um, When Senator, uh, rather Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said on Thursday that the Senate does plan to take up and quickly pass this legislation, I think the big outstanding question right now is that uh, the oil uh, ban on Russian oil imports that passed the House is also stuck in the Senate. And there's a lot of discussion. Do you move the two bills together? What also happens with this global uh, Manitsky Human Rights Act, which would allow Biden to impose further sanctions on Russia for human rights violations. Uh, So I think there's sort of a wider question about what's going on, uh, but there definitely is momentum for this legislation to pass in the Senate. All right. As always, thanks, Emily. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us from the nation's capital. Karen. Nathan, it is 6.56 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and March is Women's History Month. And every day this month, we're celebrating significant moments in women's history. Now, with your installment for March 18th, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young. 
On this day in women's history in 1970, over 100 women staged a sit-in at the Ladies' Home Journal, occupying the office for 11 hours. They were protesting the way the magazine depicted female interests and perspectives. At the time, the staff of the Ladies' Home Journal was comprised mostly of men. Protesters argued that the content focused almost entirely on housework, beauty, and the support of the patriarchy. On that day, protesters made demands to the editor-in-chief, John Matt Carter, and senior editor, Leonore Hirsch, who was one of the only women on staff. Among those demands were the hiring of a female editor-in-chief and an all-female editorial staff, raising women's salaries and hiring diverse women. Later on in 1973, Hershey was named editor-in-chief. That's Today in Women's History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Renita, thank you. Again, futures are lower this morning. S&P futures down 29 points. Dow futures down 202, and NASDAQ futures down 99. And the 10-year Treasury up 7.30 seconds, yield 2.14%. Yield on the two-year, 1.90%. NYMEX crude oil is at $104.18 a barrel. And Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead. For Nathan Hager, I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.